Blog Talk Radio. survivor professional using an open mic forum. We'll feature a survivor professional co-host who field topics brought to the episode by you, the listener. 
Tonight's special co-host is Cherie White from Covington, Tennessee, an anti-bullying advocate and author of three books who uses her own story of being bullied and gaslighted to help those enduring the same abuse today. Quote, in sixth grade, I began a long, again, a long lesson in the human predator-prey dynamic and a battle for my dignity, safety, and my very soul, unquote. At first, she took the physical abuse, named calling and abuse. Cherie was a victim of what is called polyvictimization. In just six months, she went from being a kid who always made the honor roll to an angry and bitter girl who made only C's and D's. Quote, who could concentrate on schoolwork, she asked. Cherie attempted suicide at the age of 14. Because I felt powerlessness, I began to bully those who were even weaker than me in attempts to grab back some of my power. Okay, and with that introduction, I'm going to say hi, Cherie. Hello, how's everyone doing? Well, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Doing fine. I'm just trying to, I'm outside in my swing, so I'm trying to get the dog out of my face. (laughs) Go on, get down, Bandit. Lovely. Go on, get down. Get down. (laughs) No, Bandit. Okay. What kind of dog is Bandit? It's a Pomeranian. Oh, sweet. Yes. But he will get right up in your face. And we just had a downpour. So, oh. anyway, it's clear now, but we had a downpour that came in about and, and, le- and ended about as quick as it came. And so he's a little wet. <laughs> <laughs> but he's getting it all over you. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have a, a theme for tonight or a topic of any kind? Well, um, maybe uh, uh, telling uh, bullied kids that uh, basically when you're being bullied, there's no you. Uh, and, and that's usually the case with most schools. Most schools will not do anything to curtail bullying and even though they have uh, anti-bullying policies uh, in most cases the policies aren't worth the paper they're printed on and having an anti-bullying policy in a school you know all day long but unless you enforce that policy then it's it's still not going it's it's still words printed on a piece of paper So I want to let these kids know that it's up to them to protect themselves, and I'm and I'm and I I'm sorry to say that, but you know that in most cases, as was with me, uh, nobody's coming to save you, because a lot of times Mm -hmm. the bullies themselves are on the football team, Uh, they're in they're in good with teachers. And good with the principals, and 
you know, with their students, uh, school, these schools, especially high schools, their, you know, their objective is to crank out as many college-bound students as possible and as many athletes. And if, if, if these are the same kids that are bullying the kids with low self-esteem, if they're the, you know, most of the bullies belong to these groups. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. They belong to these groups. Their stellar grades and stellar performance in the school, their reputations kind of shield them from any accountability, if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. It does. So, you know, really it's up to, it, it, it's up to each and every, every target to protect themselves, mm-hmm. and uh, that means getting abreast on the bully mindset. You have to know your enemy, and if you know your enemy, the the better uh, the better chance you have of of uh, winning against bullying. Can you tell us some things that we should know about knowing our enemy who is a bully? Well, it, it depends on the person you're dealing with. Many bullies, uh, all bullies, uh, many bullies bully from a place of low, low self-esteem and insecurity. But many other bullies bully from a place of arrogance and superiority. And you can always tell the ones that bully from arrogance and superiority seem to be the jocks and the uh, the sorority crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually, in order to in order to curtail them, uh, you have to uh, deliver a pretty burning insult uh, out of wit. And that'll usually, you know, get these guys to back off, the arrogant ones. You kind of have to put them in their place. And that usually takes a really burning but witty insult. Do you have any examples of an insult that someone used? Well, um, I, I can give you uh, an insult that I did in seventh grade when uh, these two boys were saying, oh, well, she likes you, and the other boy said, heck no, and that's when I told him, uh, uh, I could never be that desperate, you can never get that lucky, and when I delivered that insult, <laughs> they kind of backed off, and other kids around them were like, ooh, that's the kind of insult I'm talking about. Uh-huh. That's nice. One, never think, one that burns on spot. Right. One that that's one that burns or one that is witty. One that burns and is witty. Pardon me. But uh, with uh, bullies with low self-esteem that uh, that are insecure. You know, you kind of have to, I hate to say it, you kind of have to insult them, too. Uh, a lot of t- Well, a lot of times you can ignore them, 
and they'll usually, you know, you just kind of look them up and down as you're walking by, and you kind of put your hand up, and they'll usually back off because these guys are looking for a reaction. The ones mm-hmm. that are insecure and have low self-esteem, they're looking for attention. And the way you give them attention is to react. And if you just kind of, you know, give them the side eye and keep walking, most of the time these guys will back off. Mm-hmm. That's good Thank you. Um, or you can tell them, or you can tell them, can tell them, do you know what an idiot you sound like? And usually that kind of stops them in their tracks. You know what an idiot you sound like. Yeah. I always think that you just think what you don't have to uh, excuse me, what was that? Uh you you were kinda of breaking up. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, so you don't understand my insult until they look it up. Right, right. Yeah, some sometimes when you deliver, you can deliver an insult that that they're like, "What is she talking about?" And then about five minutes <laughs> later, after you've <laughs> You've gone, then it hits them, and and <laughs> and then by then it's too easy, it's too late to respond. Right, too late for them to come back with anything. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and give up our phone number. Um, this is the participation show. We love it when you call in and ask questions or make comments or talk about your own story, whatever you want to say about your experience with child abuse. Okay. Cherie, we're back to you. Let's talk more about poly victimization and bullying. Okay. Um, hold on. I'm fixing to go back to the house because I'm still not picking picking you guys up very clearly. And I apologize for that. We have, Sometimes we get some really crappy reception out here. So I'm going to head back oh. to the house. And maybe I'll be able to, I'll be closer to the Wi-Fi box, and I'll be able to pick you guys up a little bit better. So I'm okay. on my way well, there now. I- can hear you. Okay. The thing is, I can't hear you guys. 
I don't know. I mean, it it may not be on my end, but it may be. I mean, last month I heard you guys so clearly. Okay. Hmm. Your voices kind of sound garbled. So, how about now? Uh, a lot better. I think it's because I'm closer to the Wi-Fi box. Okay, and I'll try to hold you still. Okay. Are you there? Okay, well, I am here. We didn't have any calls, so we go on with our conversation about insulting fleas and how to get over on fleas. Okay. But I was wondering if it, if anybody had any, do we have any callers that, that may have any questions about that? We don't have any callers yet. I'll give the number again. It's 4 Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, oh, I there can you are. now. You were cutting in and out. Dear. I hope it's not me. Whew. I, I, I don't know. Well, why don't you talk then and I'll be quiet. Okay. Uh, no, basically, uh, uh, my point was a while ago, it's it's really up to us to, it's really up to the target to protect themselves against bullying because, you know, schools aren't, schools aren't very good about holding bullies accountable. And, and it would be nice if they did. You know, bully because bullies need to be held accountable. But mm-hmm. in most cases, that's not that's not the case. Because, like I mentioned earlier, bullies uh, most bu- most of the bullies are either a part of of uh, the sports team, or they're a part of the sorority, or they're a part of the cheerleading squad. And a school's objective is to crank out as many college-bound students as possible. And if the bully makes uh, good grades and is on the cheerleading squad or sports team, you know, chances are that uh, the school's going to give them a pass because these are the kids that make the school look good. The same thing goes with bullies that make exceptional grades. They make the school look good. And if they make the school look good, the school is least likely to hold them accountable for their bullying behavior. And bullies aren't dumb. They know which kids to go after. And they usually go after the kids that are uh, pretty much invisible. They go after the kids that have low self-esteem. And... And they're really not seen by the staff because they don't make good grades and they're not on any of the teams or the high school band or anything like that. So 
basically when, so when you're kind of, a bo- Go ahead. I was going to say they're throwaway kids. The ones Pretty who much. are on the team and not, yeah, not that important. Not as important as the movie is. Right, and I really don't like to call them uh, throwaway kids because I don't consider any child to be a throwaway. However, uh, uh, the the mentality of the school staff, you know, may think otherwise. Because, you know, remember that school officials are elected officials. I mean, Hmm. and uh, they they certainly especially those on the school board. Uh, You know, school board members are always elected. They're politicians, and they see things differently. They, you know, they see kids, they they label them throwaway kids. Uh, They may not say it because they don't want to look bad, but... I can guarantee you they think it. It's mm-hmm. in the back of their mind. And and some of them don't even realize they're thinking it. But I've heard, you know, when I was in school, I heard too many teachers talk. Um, and, uh, you know, teachers have their little cliques, too. And uh, uh, when I was in school... I would hear a lot of them talk about the SPED kids, uh, the kids that are in special education. And they would just, I, I couldn't, I was 17 years old and I was standing in the lunch line and I overheard these group of teachers talk, just say just such horrible things about the SPED kids. Hmm. And, of course, I was I was 17 years old and I was a kid, so I didn't speak up about that because I mean these were teachers these these were adults in charge so I you know I kind of knew to keep my mouth shut, but it was something mm-hmm. I never forgot. And there's always that group of clicky teachers that pick on other teachers that aren't in the clique, and they pick on. A lot of them will pick on the sped kids and the sped teachers. So it's you, yeah. you know, with people like this, it's usually either kids with low self-esteem, kids with special needs, or kids with mental health problems. And they mm-hmm. have they. I hate to say it, you know that. They're adults and they should know better, but they don't. They give these kids a hard time because that's what no. they consider them to be is throwaway kids. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sad because I believe every kid should be giving a cha- given a chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. But just having big classrooms full of people, so many things going on at once, it was so hard. And I can't imagine how it would be if they were little kids and very needy. I had adult people 
and um, I, I'm inside of a, an overworked teacher who you know, doesn't have right. what she needs to do the job so often. But that doesn't give them any excuse not to take care of these kids and, and help the people being bullied. That's their right. job. Well, and, and, you know, the the SPED kids and the, the kids with mental health problems like depression or really low self-esteem, these kids want to be seen. And, uh, you know, they are the, they are the kids that, that get used. I mean, a lot of times, you know, they get used. Hmm. You know, we have a system, you know, we have a system now that that uses these kids. I'm sorry, there was some dead air there, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, we're, you know, we're still getting bad reception, but... Uh, but I, I'm hearing you. Well, I'm glad. Would you like to tell us about your three books and how they relate to your own story? I, I sure can. Um, my first book was From Victim to Victor, and uh, it, it's a chronological account of the six years that I suffered bullying in school, and it 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 goes from uh, the seventh grade until I graduated. And uh, the the school the school the anyway the school that I was at uh, basically ignored the bullying that I was going through, and you know when I would report the bullying, then I would get a lot of blowback, and so I. I write in 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 the in detail about the bullying I suffered, the kind of kids I was dealing with, and uh, what I how I reacted to it. And there were times when when I didn't react to it as I should have. You know, I was a kid being bullied, and I was constantly living in uh, in fight or flight mode. So you know when when you when you live in fight or flight mode for so long, you know it it really has an effect on how you react to it. And there there was a a year or two there that I became a bully myself to try to snatch back some of the power that I'd lost, and that certainly wasn't uh, the correct way to handle it. You know, I look back now, and I, if I if I knew then what I knew now, I would have rallied all the bullied kids together and become their protector. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But uh, writing this book was was very therapeutic and very cathartic for me, and it helped me to to unload a lot of 
anger and resentment that I had been carrying out around for years. And once the the book was out, it was like a weight being lifted off of my shoulders. And one I've never regretted writing this book and it came out in 2017 and it's still it's still available on Amazon. And then the second Great. book I wrote is is a fiction. And uh, it's called Townies, Cronies, and Hayseeds. Uh, it's about a a former, a formerly bullied girl who is now an adult, and she comes back to the town she was bullied in after 20 years. And uh, <laughs> basically when she comes back, she discovers that the kids who bullied her are now in positions of power in that town. And uh, basically, they pick up where they left off. And, and they continue the third, to bully her in her adulthood. Right. At, she comes back 23 years later, and once they find out she's back, they use politics to bully her. Mm-hmm. And they just pick up where they left off. And not only do they bully her, but they bully her children, too. Oh, dear. Uh, they use uh, lawfare against her where they use the, the sheriff's department to bully her. They also use CPS to bully her and uh, uh, child protective services to bully her. Uh, they, they use all of these departments uh, to bully her. And, mm-hmm. and it gets... Uh, it, it, it uh, it escalates to a climax that that gets pretty de- dangerous and life threatening. But they they usually they they make it out and and the book has a happy ending. Oh, good. Uh, the, the third book that I wrote was is called The Vow of Chastity Baker, and uh, she. At the beginning of the book, Chastity is a teenage prostitute that gets arrested. And she, when she gets arrested, she decides to change her life and get out of the business. And uh, anyway, she's got a pimp after her. And, but she basically goes to school and she gets a job and she has to work hard to to claw her way out from the bottom, but she eventually does, and that book is also has also a happy ending. All right. Then there's the fourth one is mm-hmm. the fourth one is uh, Townies, Cronies, and Haste. Uh, pardon me, <laughs> that's the second book. The fourth book is Kids Under the Latchkey, and this is a first person narrative from a teenage girl who witnesses bullying. And she witnesses bullying the bullying of a mentally handicapped guy in her neighborhood. And she tells the story of uh, the things she saw, what she saw this man go through. And uh, it, this book, it, it, end, it ends up in a tragedy 
that uh, causes this girl to question God and and wonder if all humans are inherently good. Mm. And so I've that book is comes from a perspective of a a witness to bullying. Mhm. Are you writing a new book now? Uh actually yes, I just finished one. And oh. uh it's not published yet, but it soon will be. Uh this is Townies Cronies and Hayseeds 2, which is under the surface. Uh the subtitle is under the surface. It's Townies Cronies and Hayseeds 2 under the surface. Or beneath the surface, pardon me. And uh, I just finished it, just got it edited, and uh, I plan to publish it in the next month or so. All right. Wish me luck on that. Congratulations. Thank you so much. The Townies, Cronies, and Hayseeds 2 is a sequel to my second book, Townies, Cronies, and Hayseeds. Mhm. So that's going to be a sequel to my second book. All right, I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Thank you. I let am me too. The, let me get the phone number out again, and and hopefully some people call in with questions or comments, or to tell us about yourself. And the phone number is area code six four six five nine five. Give us a call and you can talk to Cherie and you can ask questions or you can tell a little bit about your own story. You know, Cherie, I have a bully in my life and I'm trying to disengage from that person because every time I see that person, I get Attacked verbally. Wow. I'm so sorry to hear that. It, uh, is it someone that uh, you knew from a job or knew from school? Is it someone from your past or is it it's someone No, it's a social, a social contact, um, a person in a group of friends. And it's not right. the first time it's happened, but this last time was just really overboard. And I, I had another friend with us that day, and after the person left, my other friend said, why do you let her talk to you that way? She's so abusive to you. And so that's what really opened my eyes to the fact that I shouldn't be letting people talk to me that way. Well, that's right. You shouldn't because um, because you you deserve so much better than that. You really do, Annie. And and I'll tell you something else. The fact that your friend, another another woman in in your little friend group, noticed that should give you the clearance to tell this person where to go. You know, yeah. I'm not for mistreating anybody, but I am for responding in kind if somebody steps out of line with you. Right. 
And when you listen, my, you have my to best thing back. is just to avoid her completely, just not be part right, of her but, circle anymore. Well, and that's well, that's all well and good. But if you have other friends in that circle, then then you don't want to withdraw from them too. You have just as right yeah. to be, just as much right to be there as she does. Yeah. And you, you, you really have to respond in kind. I know that's hard when you're an empress and, and you're kind-hearted. But the thing is, you have with people like that, you have to set boundaries and you have to enforce mm-hmm. those boundaries. Because if you don't, they're going to continue to walk all over you. And you told me that that when she abused you this time, it was worse, right? Yeah. It was, it was worse yeah, than it, was it had like, ever wow. been. Yeah, exactly. It was as, it was worse than it has ever been. And as long as you keep avoiding it, is it's it, it's all well and good, but that's not going to solve the problem. Some people you have to speak in a language that only they can understand. Hmm. And the only thing that people like her understand is power. You've heard I don't of the have any power. You do. You just don't realize it. You can speak up and you can tell her straight to her face that enough is enough, that you're tired of it. Yeah. Right. I have the power to speak up. You yes. have your voice. You will. You know, she she may. It's not the power you have; it's the power you think you have. Okay. And if you don't think you have any power, then you're right. But if you think you do have power, then you're also right. And you have to speak mm-hmm. out against this, and you have to tell this lady to uh, to her face that you're not going to tolerate it anymore. Yeah. And you have to be willing to to inflict consequences on the person if she does it again. That's how you like set boundaries, what? and that's how you enforce them. What will you set? What consequence would an adult friend get or ex friend? You could tell her, "Look, I'm tired. You have been you have abused me long enough, and I'm tired of it." And then, and then refuse to have anything to do with her. You know, you can talk yeah. to, you can talk to the other friends, and and totally shut shut the abusive one out. Yeah, yeah, and just let and the other can, people know that. And if she if she opens her mouth again, you just tell tell her said I don't want to hear it. I. I have no interest in anything you have to say. Oh, I like that. I'm writing that down. No interest. Yes. I have no interest in anything you have to say. You are irrelevant to me, and you need to stay away from me. Yes. It's difficult right now because a person in our circle has passed away. And now there's going to be a gathering, and she'll be there. And I don't think I'm going to go to the gathering at all. I think that would be the best. 
Well, what, I, I would go to the gather, gathering, but if she starts up again, I would call her out, and I'd call her out in front of everyone. You have to get her yeah. in front of everyone, and you have to, to, you have to call her out. That would be really hard for me <laughs> to stand. I up know, I know, like because that. you know it, it, it's difficult. Do you know calling somebody out on their bad behavior in a situation like that when somebody has passed away? It's difficult because yeah. I mean it's it's really a bad. You know you you want to show respect for the person that's passed away, but right. at the same time you don't you know you don't take any crap off of anybody, or you, right. you don't even have to say a word. You can just. You can just look at her. Hmm. You can just, just stand the there look. with your feet apart and your hands on your hips, and you can look at her, and you can give her a very serious, you know, kind of a threatening look, and she'll get the message. You don't have to say mm-hmm. a word. You can just take a power pose with her, and you can look at her. And you, I mean, you look her dead in the eye. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like you to go into more detail on the power pose because that's something I know about and I believe in. Right. Well, the power pose, you know, you, you stand with your, you stand firmly with your feet shoulder width apart and you put your hands on your hips. And you just stare the person down. I mean, you you look at them. I mean, you stare them down cold. And what do you do with your fear? (laughs) Just swallow it. Just swallow it. Usually, you know, sometimes it takes just getting, getting sick and tired of being dumped on. Sometimes, you know, you'll know when you've had enough. You'll know when you've had enough. I have. I've had enough. I've come to that place where it's enough. Well, then you then you do, do what you need to do to get that lady off your back. Now, is this yeah. a young person or is this a person, is this an older person, a younger person? Uh, same as me, you know, we're seniors, young seniors, I guess you'd say. Well, see, there, uh, you know, there's a such thing as senior bullying too. Senior yeah, that's bullying true. other other that. seniors. Mhm. It's because they feel helpless, right, and so they want to have power over others. Right, and that's when you stare her down, and I mean, you you let her know that you're not going to be pushed around. Because as long as uh, she's going to push you around as long as she thinks she can. And you have to let her know that she can no longer push you around. Right. No more of that. Thank you. You're very welcome, honey. I'm, I'm going to plan and practice what to say when and if I encounter her. And and the stare. You know, that's always best. Exactly. I mean, look at yourself in the mirror 
and practice the stare and practice your stance. You know, there's nothing wrong with rehearsing. Yeah. That way, the next time she does it, you'll know exactly what to say, and it'll just come out. Yeah. And the body language will just be there. You won't have to think about it. Right. I should really write a script because I'm a writer, so I like to see things in words and write a script of what I say and what she might say and and uh, be ready. That's a That's a great idea. And maybe maybe I'll bring my friend who told me she was being rude to me, and I'll have her with me. Hey, and nothing wrong with it. She can you protect have to, me, too. I mean, she can, like, say, hey, you know, what are you doing talking to her like that? Has she done that before? Only to me when everyone's gone. <laughs> and she hasn't spoken directly to someone, but after they were gone, she has. Well, see, the thing is, you know, y'all need to, y'all need to get a handle on that because, you know, who, you don't want her. She's the only one that talks down to you like that, but she might, she might encourage, encourage the other ones to do it too. So you really need to stand your ground, sweetheart. And that's exactly what happened. One of the other people started bullying me too. One who is normally right. Me. Right, and it, that's because of social contagion. Yeah. You know, when one person bullies you, uh, chances are if you let it go on for so long, other people will join in. And all that is is social contagion. Mm-hmm. And that's why you need to put a stop to it now. Right. I will. I will. You have really motivated me. I feel I feel like I can, you know. Well, you can. You can. You can do anything you put your mind to. Yes. And you have more power than you know you have. The, the trick is to tap into that power. Hmm. I'm trying to think of who I could think of myself as, you know. <laughs> I guess think of myself as Superwoman or somebody like that to, you know, to be in that space where nobody can get me mentally. Well, I feel strong. That'll work. Yeah. That'll work. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Because I do some acting, and I know how to get into a place, you know, where you're kind of a different person. That would probably help. If I could that be would a help different a lot. person. Yeah, then I could stand up for myself and not be the regular person who doesn't do it. Right. Well, you, you know, be yourself, but be a better version of yourself, a stronger version, a more powerful version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can do it. I feel like I should take up boxing or something. 
so I know how to fight. I don't know how to fight. Well, you you go for it. Has has this uh, has has this woman threatened you physically? No, no, no. She just puts me down all the time, and you know, thinks it's funny, and it just gets worse and worse, and gets more and more. It's just like my mom. My mom was like that. She was a big bully, and she always put me down. And and that's probably why I became friends with this person, because she reminded me of my mom. Well, there there is a such thing as trauma bonding. Yeah. So, but you don't have to put up with that. And I just want you to know that you have more power than you know you have. But, but because you've been convinced as a child that you didn't have power, you haven't learned how to, it takes years to really learn how to to see your own worth and tap into your power. Yeah. It it certainly has taken me years. That's for sure. And, you know, life is too short. Life is short. Life is too short to put up with other people's crap. That's for sure. And you have every right to stand up to somebody that verbally mistreats you. Yeah. And you do it by responding in kind and letting them know that it that you will not accept that. Yeah. I'll have to rehearse it and, and think what what to say that would and be then, right. And then, you know, refuse after that refuse to have anything to do with that person. Right. And once you do that, you're, you raise your value. Your value automatically goes up. Right. Everybody wants what they can't have, right? That makes you valuable That's right. if you're not available. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, I think that she should miss me <laughs> when I'm gone because I've been a nice friend to her. But it, it hasn't been mutual. Right. Well, and the thing is, you need to tell this person oh. under no uncertain terms to back off. Yeah. And if she doesn't back off, or if these friends join her and try to take up for her, then you're going to know they're not really your friends. Exactly. That's what that's what I came to, that that realization. They're not my friends. Because friends don't put you down and try to make you feel bad. That's not a friend. That's not a friend at all. And if they do that, then you have to tell them, you have to tell them in no uncertain terms, I'm tired of you guys putting me down, and I would much rather be by myself than have friends like you. And then be willing to walk away and, and, and go no contact. Yeah, because me, I, you know, I would much rather I would much rather rock alone than to be with people that make me feel bad. I'm just yeah. I'm not going to do that. And I I will yeah. I'm to the point to where I will tell somebody in no uncertain terms to get lost if they step over my boundaries. And that's that's mm-hmm. how and and not 
and not feel guilty about it. And and you have to get to that point to where when you tell somebody off because they mistreated you and then walk away, you have to be at a, a point to where you don't even feel guilty about it. You actually feel better about it. Yeah. And but I got to that point about ten that time. Right. And and I got to that point about ten, fifteen years ago. Because I know I know what I'm worth and I'm worth a lot more than being somebody's doormat. Right. And, yeah, and you funny. just you I... have to get to that point to where you will not tolerate bad behavior. Right. And that you would rather be alone and friendless rather than be with a group of people who treat you like crap. Mm-hmm. Because it's true. I would rather be friendless. You know, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Uh, being alone is <clears throat> Being alone is a state of being, but being lonely... You can be lonely with a group of people that make you feel like make you feel like a pile of garbage. You can be lonely yeah. in a group, but being alone yeah. is not lonely. Being alone is just that it's being alone, and you mm-hmm. would much rather be alone than be in a group of people that treat you like garbage. Yes. I feel convinced I won't do it anymore. I won't be with people who say mean things. Right. And, I mean, you tell them to their face before you walk away. Yeah. So I should I mean, probably let confront, it be known. confront her at the funeral or before? Before, huh? Well, I would, I would wait and let her, I would wait and let her open her mouth. Okay, and then reply. That would be bad. When she, let her open the door. And once she opens her mouth, then you tell her. Okay. And be willing to walk away and have nothing more to do with her. And if yeah. they join in, you have to be willing to walk away and not have any anything more to do with them. And and flat tell them before you walk away, and then do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that your little dog? I heard. Yes. Be quiet. <laughs> oh no, it's lovely. My little dog's asleep. <laughs> I'm happy to say. <laughs> oh okay. Well, see there. They're two male dogs. You know, my my dog Roxy passed away in in January, and then I got oh. this dog, and he's a female. He's a he's a male. Roxy was a female, and I had her ever since she was a puppy. So I oh. had her pretty well trained. But when I we got this dog, he was a year old, and he was kind of oh. a wild dog. So we're we're still trying to train him. Yeah. I'm glad mine has finally grown out of the puppy stage. 
Whew, well, this one hasn't. He he's still chewing on stuff. We have to get all get on to him for that. You know, we ha- we're trying to train him not to chew. Mm-hmm. And when we brought him in, uh, we already we had we already had my husband's dog, uh, Bubba, and so now we got two male dogs in the house. And they're trying to, uh, this new dog is trying to assert dominance on, over the old dog. Mm-hmm. So Just I'm like kind of waiting on the old dog to kind of to kind of fight back. Mm-hmm. Come on. I'm fixing to put these dogs outside. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Come on, Bubba. Come on. Let him stay outside for a while. Yeah. You're in Tennessee. Yes. How's your weather? And where are you? Oh, it's great. We uh, It's great now. Uh, we just had a downpour earlier, but it was one of those pop-up showers to where it pops up and then it's gone. So mm-hmm. now the sun's back out again, and uh, it's setting. The sun is setting. So nice. Today's the longest day. Yes, it is. Uh, let's see. I think it's uh, tomorrow's the solstice. Oh, I so it was I think today. today would be the longest. No, it's the twenty-first. I looked it up. Oh. Okay. But I think today is the longest day. I think and I think around the solstice I think there's there's three days that are the longest. Mhm. Or maybe it is today. Oh Lord, I don't <laughs> I don't know how that okay, goes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just gonna after the show, I'm gonna go outside and enjoy the end of the light. Because I'm in California. And it doesn't get light. It doesn't get dark till about like eight, eight thirty, maybe even later mm-hmm. today. I haven't been out while it was getting dark. I don't know. Yeah, it gets I, dark. I, I know here it gets mm-hmm. here it gets dark around eight thirty. Yeah. So, so after we get done, I, I'm going to go out and sit in my swing where I was when when I called in. Oh. I had a swing in my backyard. Mine is oh, a chair swing. Oh, okay. That sounds pretty. No, mine's and just it's a, so a regular back. Oh, mm-hmm. I bet. Those hammock swings are awesome. Yeah. You can we put just your have feet a... out and stretch. Oh, Wow. Yeah, we just have a typical backyard swing with a seat. We just mm-hmm. sit in it. It it holds three people. We just oh, have wow. it's it's kind of like a swing set, and we've got mm-hmm. anchors in the ground so it don't blow away. And then we have an awning that you can hook up to it and put over it. Uh huh. So we have one of those types of swings. I try to go on the show sometimes when I'm outside, but there's so much noise outside um, that I can't do it. I have to come in the house to be on the show. 
Right. Well, I had to do that tonight, but uh, last month, you know, we had good reception, so I didn't have to leave my swing. Nice. I live in a place where airplanes go over, and that's pretty loud. Oh, wow. So you live next to an airport. Yeah. But luckily, I only get the small plane traffic over my house. The big planes go over other houses. <laughs> oh my but it's goodness! What the small planes? Go what out. part of California? What Cal? What part of California do you live? Long Beach, which is right next to Los Angeles. Long Beach, Long Beach. Is that in Los Angeles or? Yeah, yeah, it's right next to it. Oh, okay. So you're next to LAX. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's another airport, a small one, by my house. Just a oh, gotcha. airport, you know. Oh, okay. It's 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 a Cessna airport. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, that's what it is. And they have a flight school. Now, why would you put a flight school where the students take off over my house? I don't like oh my it. goodness! I don't think they should. I don't think they should be. That's they should scary. be up over the ocean or something, you know. But yeah, right over people's houses. Crazy. Oh well. Yeah, we have yeah, a we have a municipal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a municipal airport in uh, Covington, so uh, you know that's a. a an airport for Cessnas and 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 one engine planes. Mhm. So we have a small like airport. airport. Well. I don't mind it. I like looking at the little planes, you know, when they go over there. They're interesting. They're all different. And sometimes antique right. ones go over. The old biplanes go over. Right. Yeah, you don't see biplanes very often anymore. We have yeah. uh, we have a crop duster that has a biplane, but uh, oh, you don't see those hardly anymore. Yeah. It's kind of like the uh, right, like the DC ten or something. Right. Yeah, I think I, that was I the have... same plane that. I think that was the same type of plane that uh, Leonard Skinner was was killed in. Oh, really? Was a a 1940-something DC-10. I don't remember about that. And I'll tell you another thing you don't see hardly anymore that you used to see you know, like back in the 70s, back in the 70s, we saw a lot of those bubble helicopters that looked, oh, yeah. that looked like a clear bubble with a tail. I don't think yeah. you see those a whole lot anymore. Uh-uh. Well, we should probably get back to bullying. Yeah, we, we should. Have only 20- <laughs> 20 minutes left in our show. 
I really appreciate the yeah. advice you gave me. That's that's wonderful. And listeners, if anybody out there has a question and they want some some advice, some guidance, please call in and ask Sri. Our phone number here is six four six five nine five two one one eight. Give us a call. Well, I'm certainly glad I could. Uh, I'm I'm so glad I could encourage you because, you know, I want to encourage all targets to do what they have to do to take up for themselves, even if that means you have to get ugly. Because yeah. there are times in life that you have to get ugly. We may not like to have to. We don't want to have to get ugly with people. But sometimes I don't want to hurt you know, someone. They give us no choice. Yeah. Right, and and that's understandable. But if if they don't mind hurting yours, then you have to respond in kind. Yeah. I'm gonna think about this really carefully. Exactly what I want to say to her. And and if you have to write it down, then go for it. And yeah, then once you I write it do down, that. rehearse it, study it. You know, do what you have to do because you deserve you deserve better than what she's given you. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you you know, anytime we're kind to people, we want that kindness reciprocated. And if it's not reciprocated, then you have to love yourself enough and have enough self respect to respond in kind. You know, right. that's not being ugly. That's that's self-respect. Right. So I want Standing you to always remember self. that. I remember when when I was growing up, um, my mom was a bully, and if I tried to stand up for myself, it would get way worse. And so I right. not not to stand up for myself. So it's been a well, long thanks. life trying to be able to do it. Right. Well, well, she she conditioned you not to stand up for yourself, and that's sad because when we're conditioned that way, then it attracts other bullies. Uh-huh. You know, we carry that over into adulthood. Anytime we've been conditioned, and conditioning, you know, that's pretty much being brainwashed. Uh, you carry that into adulthood. And other bullies that you meet, they can sniff that out. Yeah. And, and that's it what they like. Other they bullies. like weak people. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They like, the, you know, it gives them a sense of power to mow over somebody else. Right. But you don't have to take that. No. And, you know, I understand that a lot of it, or some of it anyway, is jealousy. And I think if I pointed that out to her, then maybe she would back off. That that's why she's saying uh, Do you know what she's jealous of? Because, well, you know... She's, yeah, she's just not doing so well uh, financially and stuff like that, mostly. Right, so she's jealous of you because she feels like 
that you're in a better place financially than she is? Yes. See that, but that's no excuse. And I'm going to tell you something else. Most bullying comes from jealousy. Really? Yes. Most unprovoked bullying comes from jealousy. Hmm. When somebody bullies you and you've done absolutely nothing to bring about the behavior from them, it's usually jealousy. I mean, I get that a lot, too, but, but I can stand up for myself. You know, I have past bull, bullies bully me because they know I've published several books, and they're jealous. And, 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 and that's the thing. You have to see it for what it is. You have to know what their mindset is and where that bullying is coming from. And just knowing where it comes from gives me... It, it it it's a boost to my self-esteem just knowing where their bullying comes from and when right. when yourself when my self-esteem gets that boost i can i can stand up to them a heck of a lot better if that makes sense hmm. yeah it does yeah just knowing that she's jealous of me makes me feel like I can, you know, stand up straight and put my shoulders back because I am a person of whom a person could be jealous. Right. That I have success. Exactly. And, and and that alone makes me feel better about myself. Yeah. In other words, their bullying doesn't have the effect on me that it would have had I, if I don't know that they're jealous. You know, that right. that kind of knowledge can serve as a buffer and hmm. and not make you feel so bad. I and you're better that. able to stand up to them. Cuz I've had people to do that to me, but I stay I stand up to them and I tell them point blank, you know, your your behavior is unacceptable and I'm not going to tolerate it. You need to stay away from me. Ooh, I like that. I'm writing that one down. You need to stay away from me. I have to tell you something that I did because um, I was in a, a group with some people that I was afraid were going to say mean things to me. So I took out uh-huh. the hearing aid. I told them the hearing aid battery had died. And so I just acted like I couldn't hear what anyone said and I just smiled and nodded. It worked. Well, I mean, that that can be... It worked. It, you know, <laughs> that, that'll... <laughs> that works too sometimes. Yeah. But not with this person. You I know, be a smart aleck. You were being a smart aleck <laughs> and sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes yeah. you have to be a smart aleck to them. Yeah. And sometimes you, you have to things? respond. Do you remember oh, things you've me? actually said? Do you do you remember things you've actually said to bullies? Oh yeah, I mean, like I said at the beginning of the show, I had two two boys who were trying to uh, instigate a bullying incident back in the seventh grade, 
and one boy told the other other boy, and it was in front of an audience of kids, oh, that girl likes you. Or uh, he, uh, pardon me, he would tell me, oh, this, this, here's my buddy lo- likes you, and he wants to go on a hot date with you. And the buddy kept saying, no, 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 I don't, uh, no way I'd go out with her. And that's when I looked at him and I said, I could never be that desperate and you could never get that lucky. And I kept walking after I said that. And the other kids around him were just like, ooh. <laughs> you know, some, sometimes you have to to deliver a burning but funny insult. And they'll usually back down. Yeah. I'm going to sit down and think of burning and funny insults and write them down so I'll have plenty. I bet there's sure some not. on the Internet. I can Google that. I can Google insults and make a list. There you go. So you have to come up with... You have to respond. Don't react, but respond. Because if you have no response at all, a bully will automatically think that you're either scared of them. They'll they'll think that you're scared of them. To not say anything at all, the bully will think you're intimidated, and then they'll really start start bullying you. And that's my usual response is to just remain silent. See, that's, I mean, ignoring them's fine, but the promise, the thing is, when you ignore them or and remain silent, they don't see it as ignoring them. They see it as you being intimidated by them. Mm-hmm. They're getting. And that's getting why I recommend want, that you respond. Yes. Respond and you and then respond. Avoid. Respond, you know, respond in as few words as possible, and then walk away. Yeah. Just tell them up front. You know, I'm not going to put up with it anymore. You need to stop right where you are. Uh, sometimes you can tell them thinking you're not saying that. Exactly. It's liberating. It's liberating. Yeah. Or you can say, I don't want anything to do with you. You need to stay away from me. You know, that'll work, too. Okay. I don't know if I could say I don't want anything to do with you. Maybe I could if I practice. Yeah. You know, practice uh, practice makes perfect. And enjoy that empowering feeling that it gives you. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, once you call out her behavior and you tell her to knock it off and to stay away from you, you're going to feel so much better about yourself. Yeah. I'm sure I will because it it hangs heavy on me. It makes me feel bad and ashamed right. a little bit to be attacked by somebody. Right. It makes me feel small. It does. 
But if you respond and you call out the behavior and you tell them under no uncertain terms to knock it off and to stay Mm -hmm. away from you, that's empowering. And you'll feel so much better about yourself just knowing that you stood up to this person. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel better already just knowing that I can and I will. You can. You know what's a good way to get even with people you're mad at? What's that? I'll I'll tell you. You write a story and you make them a character. And then bad things happen <laughs> to them. Oh yeah, it works. It makes me feel much better when I do that. <laughs> Well, I've I've done that in a lot of my fiction. Have you? I've done that in some of I've done that in a lot of my fictions. I've a lot I've based my characters on a lot of bullies that I knew, and it does it it makes you feel a lot better. Yeah. So anybody out there who's dealing with bullies, we've given you some ideas about what to do. We still have eight minutes and 45 seconds. What shall we do with that time? But here's a, uh, well, I've, I I guess we can use that time. Uh, I can tell, I can tell you what, what other things that I draw, um, I draw into characters writing my books. Uh, sometimes okay. I'll be sitting in a restaurant. Sometimes I'll be sitting in a restaurant or in a doctor's office, and I'll and I'll hear other people talk. And uh, I'll, sometimes I'll hear other people talk about, you know, other people uh, say, I'll hear this girl, uh, maybe this girl talk about this other girl who's going through some abuse or or sometimes I'll hear, hear just petty gossip, like uh, people talking about who's cheating on who and and who's dating who behind other people's backs. And I'll be thinking, boy, this is some good stuff. And I'll take a little napkin and I'll write notes down about it. And then and then I'll incorporate it into a book that I'm writing. <laughs> That's the beauty of fiction, isn't it? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, gossip that I used to hear at one of the workplaces that I worked at. You know, I've incorporated a lot of that into my books. Uh, things that went on at one of my workplaces that I was at the, the workplace that I was bullied in. That 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 I basically triumphed over. You know, I'll put that some of that in in my books. That's great. I have your first book, but I don't have your fiction books yet. I'll have to get them. I love the first one. I mean, love. Thank you so you know, much. It's not exact. It's not a lovable book because of the subject, but you know what I mean. It's well done. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but definitely pick up one of my fictions. I think you'll you'll really enjoy it. 
All right, I will. Amazon, right? Let's say what? Amazon, yes. Uh, Townies, okay. Cronies, and Hayseeds. Uh, you know, I have, uh, I, I got a lot of good reviews. I, I get great reviews on all of my books, but uh, mm-hmm. Townies, Cronies, and Hayseeds, and Kids Under the Latchkey, I've gotten the most, the most good reviews for. Mm-hmm. My readers tend to love those. Uh huh. That's great. I'm finishing a book right now, and because of the topic of my book, I've been writing about this person who's the bully and about the person who has passed, um, because the topic of my book is death, and. It's it's just stories about people who I've known who have died and how they died and what their lives were like, that kind of thing. And so um, I have this story about how I felt at different moments during this long, drawn-out death of my friend. So I was journaling through it, and now I have a story, and it's over now. That sounds that sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I'll tell the name of my book. I rarely do that, but I too have a book. Yeah. My name's Annie Margaret, and my book is called uh-huh. The Ugliest Word. And it's the ugliest word. Mhm. Is it on fictional. is it on Amazon? Yeah. And I okay, even have an audible dot com um audio tape of it too. Uh, you know, audio recording of it. Tape, I said tape. <laughs> oh, an audio book. Okay. Let me write yeah. that down real quick. And that one's on Audible. I don't think you can see that one on Amazon. I think it's separate somehow. Well, I'll look for it either way. Great, okay. and it's a book about about childhood incest is the topic, but it's a work of fiction. It's not my story, although there are uh, components of it that are true for me and others that are true for other people. So, right, that. And so I decided after writing about such a lovely topic as incest, I'd try something lighter. So I wrote about death. Okay. And is that on Amazon too, or have you published it yet? No, it's not finished. It's not finished yet. It's not finished yet. But if you want, I'll send you a story. Oh, go right ahead. Okay. Uh, can I, you want, you, um, let's see. Let me, how do I get my email to you? I really don't want to put my email on, my personal sure. email on, on, uh, on blast here. I will text you. I have your phone number. I will text you and then you can text me back. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah, that'll work. And we've still got two 
minutes left. I'll just say that this has been Stop Child Abuse Now, which the abbreviation is SCAN Radio, and the radio show is number 3207. All of our shows are archived, so you can go to the website and listen to them again in the future. And there are 3,206 radio shows on there for you to listen to. Uh, the the website is nasca.org, and NASCA stands for National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. That's N-A-A-S-C-A dot org. And we've only got a few seconds left, and so I'm going to hit the going away song. Thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. And our radio show is on five nights a week from 8 to 9.30 Eastern Time. And it's all about child abuse. And we're always looking for people who want to tell their own stories. Okay, here we go out. Thank you, Annie. Oh, the audio is not going. Here it is. I'm not tomorrow. Cause that's gone.